Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Thursday afternoon. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. So appreciate it. With the sun shining, it is windy, and that is probably the thing that we have to be aware of most. Later on this hour, I want to touch on we are in grass fire season, and we saw how quickly it can grow out of control when we watched what happened just west of Cochrane yesterday. This half hour, though, it is a topic that we have explored in the past But we want to explore it again, because if nothing else, when I hear of reports and you hear of reports of a shooting rather in the U.S. at a school, right away we want to come up with solutions. And sometimes our solutions are just too simple, too simple for a very complex problem. And and lately I've been reading more articles about the fact that uh, shooters have been bullied. They face rejection from their peers. You know what? That's not always the simplest answer. And my guest is going to help me unpack this one. Jennifer Watling-Neal, Associate Professor, Michigan State University, joins us today. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm well. You know, whenever we see a tragedy like the the shootings in the U.S., especially when it's in schools, our hearts break and we want to understand why. Do we see more and more that people are trying to say, well, the shooter was bullied, the shooter faced rejection from his or her peers? Yeah, and I think that was a very common reaction to um, the horrific experience of, of school shootings, trying to make sense of why this would happen, why a shooter would engage in, in such a behavior. Um, and ever since um, we've been having school shootings, I think this has been a fairly common explanation. That we saw it in the Columbine shootings in the 90s, um, and we saw it with the Parkland shooting. Um, it's very common to suggest, well, the shooter may have been rejected, um, may have experienced bullying, may have been socially isolated. Well, and even in the latest one in Santa Fe, yeah, we were hearing from the shooter's father that he suffered some form of peer rejection. I think a a girl had publicly rejected him. But even when you touched on Columbine, have we not since learned that they weren't bullied? Yes, there are um, some reports that actually uh, that may have been a myth, um, that they weren't as socially isolated as initially reported, um, that there weren't instances of bullying. Um, and we certainly also saw that in the Parkland case, um, where initially the shooter was described as bullied, but then other uh, some of the survivors of Parkland said, no, actually, we, we tried to befriend him. And um, so there has been um, that there's been some controversy over whether these shooters are actually as rejected as uh, they're initially reported. So let's spend a little bit of time just talking about bullying or peer rejection, mm-hmm. because I think yep. most of my listeners will say, yeah, I mean, high school, junior high and high school, they're not always the best years of your lives. And you have to put up sometimes with rejection, but not everyone becomes a shooter. Right, exactly. Um, peer rejection is actually a fairly um, common problem. Um, it, it actually refers to a range of problems that might include being disliked by peers, um, being bullied, being victimized, um, or being isolated from peers. Um, and there are lots of studies out there that suggest that close to 25% of kids experience this 
type of peer rejection at, at some point. Um, so it's, it's fairly common. But as you mentioned, um, school shootings are, are relatively rare. Um, even in the U.S., where we tend to see more of the school shootings, um, they're still very rare events. Yeah, and you know, um, so Jennifer, even when you say that, I've got listeners in Canada saying, you're saying school shootings are rare in the U.S., but you're saying if you're looking at 25% of school students um, experience some type of rejection, you'd think that the number of school shootings would be even higher. Yes, absolutely. If, if we were going to kind of consider peer rejection as uh, the big cause of school shootings, we would expect to see school shootings through the roof um, because lots of kids experience rejection at some point during um, their time in school. So even setting the shootings aside, if we just talk about rejection, what mm-hmm. can parents look for? What can educators look for? And recognizing it, then what can they do? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's really um, a good point to talk specifically about educators. Um, Oftentimes, rejection is is pretty hard for educators to see um, because um, some of the more insidious forms of rejection occur um, in ways where educators might not necessarily be able to view it. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, if um, educators can be more attuned to the peer relations in their classrooms, and really be looking to see, are there certain kids who don't seem well integrated? Um, that, that can be one thing. Um, there have been some very interesting studies uh, coming out of the Netherlands uh, that talk about how you can actually combat peer rejection just with uh, feeding kids who are experiencing peer rejection more closely to their peers. Um, so it's a very easy intervention um, that seems to have had some effect. Um, educators could use and of course for parents um talking with your kids is is very important having conversations um with them about their experiences in school oh yeah but you know what it's high school and you're lucky if you get a full sentence out of some kids as to how their day was yeah that's absolutely true um so it is a challenge um to as a parent to necessarily know um if your child is experiencing that rejection Right. So um, it's probably the similar things that you watch for if there's a drop in their grades or a change in their behavior. And maybe that opens up the conversation about how things are going. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that peer rejection can lead to a lot of consequences um, that are not so good for kids like depression, um, loneliness, aggressive behavior, academic problems. Um, So parents can be on the lookout for that. Um, and if, if they're seeing those kinds of changes in their kids, um, that might be a sign that, that peer rejection might be there, might be present. Can it be, can it be a bit of a vicious circle that if you already have a teen who is rejected by their peers, those peers may try to include him or her, but maybe it's just their own behavior that ends up becoming that that vicious cycle when peers don't want to hang out with them. I, I'm you know I'm just trying to kind of break that cycle. Yeah, absolutely. There there is some evidence in the developmental literature um, that kids who are rejected, particularly early in childhood, oftentimes um, develop some some negative behaviors. Um, aggressive behaviors, for example, uh, that then subsequently lead them to be more rejected in the future. Um, So developmental psychologists are very concerned about those types of cycles and what we can do to break those cycles. Because sometimes that uh, form of aggression is just their way of protecting themselves from being rejected down the road. (laughs) 
Yes, absolutely. And and kids may also, you know, isolate themselves if they are rejected. Um, so that you can see those cycles start to form. Jennifer, I'm sure you've had lots of response to this because I think a lot of people want to tie it all up in a nice little bow, even though we're talking about something as tragic as school shootings. Just so we as parents, well, especially in the U.S., feel that they can send their children to high school. So I I can understand that people are probably not seeing exactly the way you're seeing it. So if it's not peer rejection, what are some other things we have to look at when we examine school shootings? Well, in the conversation article, one of my goals was to really make a case for taking a more ecological approach to understanding school shootings. So peer rejection might be one factor um, that goes into school shootings, um, but it certainly isn't the causal explanation. Um, and really, if we, we want to tackle school shootings, uh, we need a much more complex solution that looks at both individual factors and environmental factors at multiple levels. And so what do you mean um, so, by, yeah, tell me about environmental factors, because we're talking a lot about the environment in Canada, but it's got to do with pipelines, so nothing to do with school oh, yep. shootings. What do you mean by the environmental issues? Yeah, um, when I talk about environmental factors, I'm really thinking about the immediate uh, environments that kids are in. Um, so when we think about kids, um, they might be in peer groups um, where peer rejection occurs, and, and peer rejection certainly would come into play there. Um, but we can also think about um, their relationships with teachers, with family, and with the broader community um, playing a role here. And really, we need to kind of look at all of those things um, to kind of unpack school shootings. Um, in addition, it's important to really consider um, broader uh, environmental impacts, things like local, state, and federal policies um, that influence the availability of firearms, as well as broad cultural attitudes towards things like firearms. Um, all of those are going to be important factors um, that play into um, whether we see school shootings or not. And and you mentioned kind of the elephant in the room then when we talk about the availability of firearms. And mm-hmm. I know in the latest case, the individual was able to get weapon a, a weapon from his father that was legally mm-hmm. obtained. So then yeah. maybe that's, that's the bigger conversation about the culture of firearms in the U.S.? Right. Um, in the U.S., certainly, um, there is sort of a culture around firearms. Um, firearms are very easily available. Um, and in Canada, certainly, you have a tighter gun restrictions than we do here in the U.S. Um, so the availability of those firearms could certainly play into that we have many more school shootings uh, than you guys do in Canada. Mm-hmm. I-, I wonder, we often hear when these th- things happen. People say, well, we've got to make our schools more secure. We've got to have metal detectors. But I think that isn't addressing what's happening outside the walls of those schools, what's happening in society. Yeah, and there's actually some research evidence that suggests that um, making schools more secure, that um, having metal detectors actually might worsen things. Um, but that's, that's not very good um, for kids, and that sometimes that can increase levels of violence um, mm. within schools. Um, so that, that might not be the best answer. Um, so really attending to some of these other things that are occurring outside of schools is rather important. And when you even mention the relationships, the environmental relationships, whether it be the family, the friends, the teachers, the maybe the church, it's 
kind of everyone's responsibility to be keeping an eye out for those who may be struggling with rejection or depression or any mental health issue? Yeah, absolutely. And and to um, keep an eye out for, for kids that may not be well integrated, um, that seem to kind of be on the fringes of their communities. Um, that, that could also be quite important. It's a big conversation. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. We appreciate it, Jennifer. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Jennifer Watling-Neal, she is an associate professor, Michigan State University, as I mentioned. Her uh, column is in theconversation.com. I've got a few minutes, 403-974-8255, because... Yes, we have had this conversation before. And I mean, even earlier today, I was hearing Danielle talking about the the show 13 Reasons and why someone ultimately commits suicide. And within that conversation, you talk about bullying and you talk about how do you recognize those people, those students who may be suffering from whether it be peer rejection or a mental health issue or depression As I said, I had two kids go through high school. Sometimes it's tough to break into what they're thinking and they don't really want to talk a lot. You just got to keep that conversation going. But I've got a bunch of texts that I want to just share here before we take a break at the bottom of the hour. 403-974-8255. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, there's no one solution because someone, you know, often brings up this point. What about violent, realistic video games kids are exposed to now that weren't prevalent 30 or 40 years ago? And and we have had the research that says, no, there's no there's no connection between violent video games and uh, school shootings or those people who are involved in mass shootings. I, I think it would be, wouldn't that be great, uh, an easy solution? Oh, we just get rid of all the violent video games. But no, I, I'm not at all in favor of that because I think a lot of kids play video games and they don't turn out to be shooters. They don't kill their fellow man. So I, I, I know that seems like another obvious answer. The thing is, as I said at the beginning, there isn't an obvious answer. It's a combination of so many things. Uh, Another one says here, no one talks about the drugs that the massive majority of these killers were on. They blame bullying and guns, nothing about medications. You know, there might be a point there. I, I don't know if the last one, I don't like to say the names of the shooters, you guys can look it up, uh, but I I don't know if I've ever read articles that say one particular shooter was on a particular drug. Uh, let's see here. How many Canadian students get killed by other students in school every year? Yeah. And I think what she was saying about that when she says they're actually, it's rare or rare number of shootings in the U.S. And I went, what? But what she's saying, if you've got 25% of a student body saying that they have experienced peer rejection or depression, well, then you would think there would be a massive amount of shootings. And there isn't. That's what she was saying. But I would agree. I always say that's why I was happy to be able to send my children to U.S., to uh, Canadian schools, rather. Well, not U.S. schools, that's for sure. Uh, Another one here says, I agree with your video point, game point, and it goes along with most gun owners. They don't go along to have mass shootings. Actually, it's below a fraction of a percentage point. Yeah. So, you know, I never want to say it's because of... Uh, the Second Amendment in the U.S., or it's because of peer rejection. 
I think you have to look at it on such a, a broad spectrum of what ultimately leads to it. The more we have conversations about it, and hopefully they're having lots of conversations about it in the States, they're going to figure out a way to one day we're going to say, look at that. Last year, there was only, well, there were no school shootings in the U.S. I think that day is still a long way down the road.